to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari. These next people that are going to be on the podcast, I would consider them a big get, and I'm very, very excited. A um, couple of, I would say it was 2017, I was flipping through YouTube, and two faces kept coming up in my thumbnails, and I kept seeing them over and over and over, and finally, I clicked a video, and it was a video about making a lamp out of walnut and 3D prints and elect and excuse me lamp stuff I want to use a proper proper term here <laughs> and I just totally fell for these two they are probably I call them my maker aunt and uncle um Evan and Caitlin hi guys hi, hi how's it going um, I can't believe and I I know I said I'd limit the fanboying but it's just really awesome to be actually talking to you guys because I've been such a fan of your work for so long I mean the lamp. <laughs> was it was it uh, my Ron Burgundy impression that, that um, won you over? It was great. The mustache, the glasses, the oversized jacket. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you. it was it was pretty great. So, I it's so hard to figure out where to begin with you guys, but you know, watching your channel evolve as it has, it's just been incredible. How much you've taken something that was pretty great, and kind of pivoted direction not completely pivoted directions but changed directions kept it fresh and kept it interesting and what you have going on now i mean you're really putting out your best work and we talked about this in my intro email asking you to be on the podcast but i really do dig the new format and the new things you're doing and the more experimental stuff and you know you guys get into a little bit of a rabbit hole with something but then you explore the hell out of it and do a whole bunch of techniques and what has the what's the feedback been with dare I say the new and improved Evan and Caitlin versus the older Evan and Caitlin? <clears throat> well, it's interesting because at first the feedback was uh, very terrible. Really, uh, it was never it was never well, terrible. I mean, the, okay. like the the verbal feedback was the never verbal bad. Feedback was. <clears throat> Some occasionally bad, mm -hmm. uh, not often like too too bad. But the um, analytics feedback yeah. was pretty oh. brutal. Because num numbers speak louder than words in a way. I mean, yeah. you know, behind the scenes, uh, uh, and and just based on where we were exploring and everything. But it's so hard because so much goes into a video. It's it's us. It's the topic. It's the thumbnails. The title. There's there's an, a, a bajillion different things that go into a video, and you never can pinpoint through the analytics what really was the thing that threw off a video you know what but, i mean mm -hmm. but i think the, the thing that was a theme was that we were shifting from more instructional maker content to more like entertainment based maker content around the same time that the views first started to go downhill yeah mm -hmm. um and yeah like i said there or like evan said there weren't too many um negative comments every now and then we would get one which we expected that was along the lines of uh, you know I, I miss it when you guys actually taught how to make stuff um <laughs> but most of most of the feedback was good so it was almost like we were we were weeding out some people from our subscribers that weren't really into it but the people that were staying and were watching were really into it and then around um even I guess it was just like a few months ago. It was earlier this year. We kind of hit a turning point and things have taken off faster than any other point in our channel career. So, But it's also because like, I think that people who watch can can tell that this is the most fun we're having. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean? It, it it's like, definitely comes across that way. 
Because like there, there's there's a little bit of uncomfortableness because at the beginning we were trying to teach, but we weren't really teaching from a place of true okay, yeah. expertise or mastery, which is an uncomfortable thing to do. Um, like if I if I was talking about like design engineering and manufacturing and industrial design, I could kind of te speak very authoritatively on that and comfortably. But when you just research something yourself and you're unsure of the knowledge, sharing that again, it's it's harder. It's a lot harder. Right. Which is like why a lot of the talks that we've gone to or that we've given have been about how to YouTube because not <laughs> how to make stuff. Not how to make stuff. <laughs> right. Because like right. we know how to how to YouTube and we, we feel very confident about that knowledge because we've lived it. We've grown inside of it, you know? So it's like <laughs> I, it, we just feel very comfortable speaking about it at length. But in what? terms of like welding or woodworking or you know, even resin, we've done a lot of resin yet. We're still learning so much about it. We're not at the point of like, what is it? Uh, a certain number of hours, a thousand hours, 10,000 10, hours makes you an expert at anything. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and we certainly haven't spent anywhere no, close no, no. to 10,000 no, no, on no. anything. <laughs> and, uh, so on any of like the, the things we're presenting. So we just feel so much more comfortable bringing people along the journey with us as opposed to telling them what to do. And also, a lot of it is just a matter of like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's a, okay. lot of, a lot of it is just a matter of like leaving in the tangents that we used to cut out because mm -hmm. they were too far from the instruction and just letting ourselves kind of be our goofy selves. On but camera. also we were watching our very first garage reorganization video today somewhat because we're, we're filming another garage reorganization video um, for an upcoming video. And it was so strange watching our old so selves. It's like, <laughs> there, there, there's this like... Awkwardness? A little bit of awkwardness. Felt like there were like, you know, there were, there were those moments of like the things that happened, the side tangents, but there's so many less side tangents. And I can't believe we got through the whole garage video in five minutes. Yeah, it's weird. Our yeah. videos are like 20 now. Yeah, but... I was going to say, that we, would be a 25-minute video now, no doubt <laughs> about totally. it. Yeah. Because we, we leave in like more of our thoughts, more of our experiences, more of the fails and, and all of that. I mean, the, there's a scene in the first garage reorganization video where um, Caitlin hops in her car to uh, drive her car in and park it where, so we can test if we can park next to each other. And the car was dead. But that whole scene took like five seconds. Caitlin sat down, turned the, the, the uh, you know, car key. key. <laughs> it didn't start. She looked up at the camera. And then it was a half-second clip of me jumping it, half a second of it starting again, and then pulling in. But that, that scene would have been so much more. We would have you know, talked about the irony or gone into like something. Who knows? Yeah. No, it, that's what, but that's the change that you guys have made that has made your channel even better. I think just, I talked to my guest who I recorded with last night. I don't like to give away guests before mm -hmm. they're on, mm -hmm. but that guest has switched his format from project-based videos to more educational content. And, you know, you hear David Picciuto talk and David Picciuto talks a lot, particularly recently about going to more stuff that he just finds aesthetically pre pleasing yeah. rather than making his 50th coffee table or his 50th bookshelf or something like that. And it feels like everybody that's been doing this for any length of time, even the guys that have been doing it really long time, have kind of started to say, okay, where does this go next? It's not, it's not a matter of I can do this forever because probably could do project videos forever and project videos are still a thing. But if you want to jump ahead or be different, 
you have to kind of be passionate about what you're doing more than you have to be doing stuff that YouTube's going to reward with its algorithm. Yeah, that's very true, especially since YouTube keeps changing what it's going to reward. So Right. So pe wanna... people aren't going to stick necessarily for your projects, but they are yeah. going to stick because they like you. And that's, that's freaking important. And I think it's incredibly underrated, particularly in a space where there's so much content out there. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody wants to make, wow, look at how awesome this thing is. Yeah, it's great. I'm never going to build it. I may have picked up a thing or two. Which mm -hmm. is why your videos now are like, okay, yeah, I'm probably not going to build a resin geode, but I learned a lot about working with resin while you made this stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think that, you know, we, we've definitely felt a lot of pressure from ourselves to figure out what our, like, goal and strategy and long-term, like, comfort zone for making videos is. And... You know, we've thought we have found it multiple times with reservations, but like, I think just recently, I feel like we have. Uh, I don't know. Do you think that? Do you think? Do you think that we're you're confident yet? I feel I feel pretty confident in where we are. That doesn't mean I'm confident that we'll never go through another shift. <laughs> That's true. But yeah. I kind of like you were saying earlier. Like I always felt a little uncomfortable being instructional, not only because we're not experts, but also because like. We like making stuff, but we don't really like the instructional side of it. And <laughs> we worried about doing that long term. Like, would it get old? Um, yeah. So and, and the other thing is kind of like you were saying about personalities earlier. You know, when we watch YouTube, we watch because we like the people in the mm -hmm. video. And it doesn't really matter what the video is about. We just like the people. And, you know, having that own realization made us think, OK, if if we can get people to not really care what our video is about and they just want to watch it because they feel a connection to us, then that's a great place to be in because that gives us the most freedom in terms of stuff we want to do on the channel, which right. is great because we know ourselves and we know that we'll get, we'd get tired of stuff if we did only woodworking or only resin or only 3d printing. Now at the same time, that would be easier. That would be easier. Yeah. <laughs> of course. But, 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 but easy isn't necessarily good. Yeah. So usually at the end of an usually at the end of an interview, one of the questions I like to ask is, "What is what does satisfaction mean? What does fulfillment mean for you know for you for your channel for your business whatever?" So seeing as you know you guys have kind of shifted directions a little bit, what do you feel is going to be will represent fulfillment for you? When are you going to say? I can stay in this place. I mean, it, obviously not permanently. You don't know the future. But where do you feel like you, you will hit fulfillment where you're like, I can stay this way for a while now and we're going to be good for a long time? I'll go first. And let's, let's see if Caitlin's <laughs> answer differs from, from mine. But I think that, you know, we, we go on these long walks. And we just discuss life almost like every night. And so I'm, I'm thinking we might have a similar answer. But for me, I want to spend time with Caitlin. I want to be creating something and I want to share it with others. Hmm. And I think that's, that's fulfillment for me and satisfaction. Cool. I, I, I think that too, I'm going to add to it because like, if I get real nitpicky about your answer, we were doing <laughs> that in the beginning of the channel and we're uh. still doing it now. So I think like adding the element of fun mm. to, to yes. the work and that's partially fun in terms of like the video creation, but also in terms of other aspects of our work too. Like I have a lot, I have so much more fun editing these videos where I can like throw in memes and like special effects, 
bad mm-hmm. special effects sound and effects. bad sound effects and all this stuff. Uh, so much more fun doing this than when I was um, doing instructional stuff and it was totally voiceover. You know, um, we recently started a gaming channel just because we both mm-hmm. love video games and we had kind of stopped playing them when we started the the main channel. And we know ourselves enough to know that the only way we're going to play them again is if we can like convince ourselves it's part of the business. Yeah. But, <laughs> but now like the gaming channel kind of like has legs under it. Like we are monetized now. And gosh, I'm so excited to grow it. My gosh. Yeah. So I, I think like that element of fun is super important. Well, and fun not, is, yeah. Yeah. Fun is like, fun is highly underrated. You know, you were guys, when you were talking about entertainment, it really does symbolize for someone like me, YouTube ha- in a lot of ways has replaced TV. I don't just use YouTube as a reference when ha- I want to learn how to do something. I some mm-hmm. I just I have 160 whatever subscriptions and I sit there and I watch them and I even have for some people I have routines where I know they're going to drop a video on a Friday mm-hmm. and I know that Friday night with me and the wife we sit there we eat our takeout dinner whatever it is that night and we watch YouTube pretty much all night long. And mm-hmm. Because we're just enjoying watching YouTube and enjoying, we treat these almost as shows that we watch. We're not going to the search bar and saying, how do I make a live edge coffee table? We're going, oh, look, Evan and Caitlin posted a new video and Kim and Garrett posted a new video and David Picciuto posted a new video. Well, there's our Friday night. We're good now. Yeah. Yeah. And and we, we do the same. I mean, the primary ways we use YouTube outside of our own content creation um, is for entertainment. We mm-hmm. don't really pay for any paid subscriptions We're or on my cable. mom's Netflix yep. that we use like <laughs> once every six months. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but like, yeah, our, our primary use of YouTube is for entertainment during meals, yeah. which yeah. is the main entertainment that we do during the day. And mm-hmm. I don't know, YouTube just has a certain certain thing going for it that, that TV... <laughs> It's it's hard for TV to have the same vibe. I don't know. It doesn't for me anymore. I used to be a big TV. I used to just plop in front of the TV for hours on end. And, you know, somebody asked me the other day, do you have this channel in your Fios subscription? I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what channels I have. Like, yeah, I, got my, I have my sports, of course. Everybody, you know, if you have a cable subscription, it's probably because you like sports, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of channels, like, but my channels are like Discovery and occasional there's a couple of reality shows like survivor and master chef and hell's kitchen that's it and oh and forged in fire and if you take those off the schedule my dvr basically records nothing but Mm -hmm. it's it's i feel like i understand why people cut the cord now because what do i watch most of well pretty much i wake up in the morning and while i eat breakfast i watch youtube i get home from work while i'm eating dinner i watch youtube you know, I'm laying in bed right before I fall asleep. What am I doing? I'm watching YouTube. I feel like I just consume so much YouTube. Mm-hmm. And the the breadth of what you can find on there now is just, I mean, I remember when it started and the videos were postage stamp size and 320 resolution and five minutes long. And <laughs> it's just so much has changed. Well, isn't it, yeah. isn't it the best feeling when you find another content creator and you, you really like their content and they have like... 200 videos in their the library. Best. You're like, so yay, I found a treasure trove yeah. of like oh not my. only old, you know, videos, but, you know, it's... it's, it's ongoing videos, Ongoing too. videos, yes. too, you know? So yeah. I found your lamp video. Your my, I always tell you guys, it's my favorite video of yours, the 3D print and walnut lamp. <laughs> I, there's something about that video that kind of uncorked something, because I've had 3D printers for a while, too, and I always thought them as stuff you make models and you paint them and whatever, 
and I never thought to use them in either a structural sense or combined with wood. And that was like, oh my God, how did I never think to do this? Why am I not doing more of this? And I went back and I binge watched all your old stuff and found out you were at Maker Faire in New York and st- literally probably walked past me 22 times <laughs> while I was there because you... It's an amazing, that's an amazing experience. I really do hope that that gets sorted out now that, um, yeah, why don't we should talk about that because you guys love Maker Fair. Yeah. We, we were, we were even like, um, for this most recent one, we were on the, the advisory board board. Uh. we've spoken at the past few. Um, yeah. And we, we had plans to meet up with like the Maker Fair people again and kind of help plan the the upcoming maker fairs you know yeah like when we were at maker fair or even like even shortly after we were still talking with them about planning the next one so. well because because I, I kind of sensed it coming even before all of the rumors happened um, really and and uh, i mean you know you know we we, we heard some behind the scenes rumblings. Yes, so there was, was like, a lot you know, of that. I, I want to uh, I want to like help out, I want to help kind of promote it. I want to kind of volunteer some of our time to see what we can do to to save it. Um I know it was, it was probably a little bit uh, too, little, know, too late. Too little yeah. too late. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, I I hope that someone takes up the banner cuz I mean like the community have said, I mean you know, make was such a great thing for so many people, but mm-hmm. just because make is gone doesn't mean that the maker movement is gone. I mean, we're all still here. We all right. still have the same drive and the passion and and the gumption to get things done. I mean, <clears throat> I forget w- where we were, but like uh, we were we were at a convention and something went wrong, um, like technically or, or like I forget what it was, but then since we were with all makers surrounded <laughs> us, everyone just hopped on in and just fixed it and made it happen. And I think that that just ha- was like a moment of like clarity to me that like, you know, this community that we're in, we're doers. We don't just yeah. like observe and not fix. And I feel <laughs> like, like with the community, like if any community, like, like the central or like some sort of central backbone fell apart, you know, some communities might disappear, but I just, do not have that feeling at all for the maker movement. No, I don't either. And if I, you know, for me, 2017 was the year it all started for me. Mm-hmm. So Maker Fair 2017 was a huge event for me. And it was at that event that I got to meet Bob. And mm-hmm. meeting, I've, I've tried to explain this to people. They don't get it because let's be honest, outside of our community, you know, Bob and David Picciuto, Jimmy DeResta, these names don't mean anything to people outside of our community. I mean, maybe a couple of really in-the-know people, but for the most part, it, it's a very, it's, I don't want to say it's insular because it's not that insular, but those names are very important to us and not as important outside. Mm-hmm. But meeting Bob and being able to tell him, hey, dude, you know what, one of the reasons I have a shop is because you got me to get off my couch and build out some tools and do whatever and then... He, he got me off the couch, Steve Ramsey got me woodworking, and you guys got me doing more creative stuff than benches and bookcases and stuff like that. And it's just like there's so many great influences out there if you just kind of open up your mind and look around for them because this community has a lot to teach you. And if you want to learn something, there's somebody out there that can teach it to you. It's, mm-hmm. it's so rewarding when you go to Maker Fair and it's a huge spread of thousands and thousands of people 
just soaking in all this amazing stuff and they're enthusiastic about it. And I really do hope somebody does something with Maker Fair as a brand and yeah. continues it. I real because it's so valuable and I it broke my heart to not be able to go last year. It it devastated me to not be able to go last year. And now to know that it's not there anymore, it's just like, oh man, damn it. (laughs) You know? I wonder like what 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 can be done to streamline the identity? Because we've gone to a few um events around, you know, maker content creators, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. it's really focused, it's it's kind of laser focused and it it is really great for what it is. But for the whole like maker fair there are so many identities there mixed together, which I really like, but it's hard to encapsulate that in a pitch. You know, it's like, right. how do you describe Maker Faire to someone who hasn't been to Maker Faire? Or to you whom the Maker community is just some tangential thing that's out there that they vaguely know about. Like, mm-hmm. how do you convey its meaning to people like us? It's hard. Yeah, it's like, for, for, for the people who are in the community, it's like, well, those are my people, and I just want to be there. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> kind of what it boils down to in some ways. Right. But um, it, it, it's, hard to, to, it's hard to encapsulate something so broad into just like a simple elevator pitch. Maybe the event needs to be broken into different areas. Maybe, you know, some aspect of it needs to be streamlined or some core part of its identity needs to be like nailed down a little bit more well what i wonder is because you know make is a print magazine company at Mm -hmm. um and so for a print magazine company to put on an event of this scale multiple times a year it's pretty insane i wonder if a bigger company that had more resources that could be more efficient with the expenses took over Maker Faire. And of course, there, there is, could always be downsides of another company taking over Maker Faire, but I feel like someone else might be able to do it more efficiently. Yeah, but... Like, if you're, if you're a company and you put on 20 events a year instead of, like, two big events a year, and I yeah. know there's other yeah. Maker Faires, but I think they're run locally, I feel like you could get things less expensive, and I don't know. Yeah, but I think that there also has to be a community buy-in to an event before yeah. it's a success. You know, it's but like... there's already a buy-in. There is, but, but, but those like, mini fairs yeah. look like nobody really goes to oh, them. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. And that's, nobody does. And that's kind of the problem, right? Because they can't, they can do 20 events, but really in the U.S., I mean, you look at the big two, it's New York and San Francisco, well, Bay Area. And after that, it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah. we get a couple of hundred people. I mean, Midwest, Midwest Rep Rap Festival looks like it's actually bigger than some of these local maker fairs. And yeah, so, yeah. yeah it's there, there, rough. there needs to be a legitimacy to it. And part of the reason why the the big mega fairs were so great is because there's you know the google soldering booth there's the <laughs> nintendo um switch area there are you know like uh, people drive their houses there to have <laughs> people walk through it there are yeah. like you know people that speak there and you need that like legitimacy and i know that make is thinking about lending their name out to a company to like license maker fair you know mm. as a, a brand but um well, I saw Joseph Prusha just a couple of days ago said that he they had already made an offer to help keep things going in mm-hmm. some form or another. And I'm like, well, if anyone's going to get things done, here's a guy that can get some stuff done. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. It's, 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 it's going to keep on playing out, though. I know. We'll get, I think we'll get something out of the ashes because it may take a little while for people to go, okay, we missed this. How do we bring it back? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it won't be Maker Faire. Maybe it'll be 
you know, make a Central America. And maybe that's what happens, you know, maybe or maybe Workbench Con expands to multiple shows in multiple cities. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, that's very true. And I, I think the encouraging thing is that, like, the demand is still there. You know, yes. they didn't go under because there weren't enough attendees. Right. Um, and and people, you know, people like us like to look for kindred spirits. And even mm-hmm. if it's just a, a little bit of a elbow brushing with some people that we only see online, it's 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 a powerful thing. And I, I really do hope they manage to get it going again because it would be tragic to have nothing. I'll wait, I'm patient, but I really want something to take its place, you know, just kind of slide back in. We'll, we'll accept you back. It's okay. You know, come on. I wonder if they could like host it at some place that's not as expensive as California or New York. Cause those yeah. are, those are probably the two most expensive places in the U S to host something like this. Mm. Yeah. The, as, as far as I know, they were partnered with the hall of science at, at Flushing Meadows So, so they probably got a, I mean, I'm sure they didn't get, you know, the whole thing arranged for nothing, but the Hall of Science is one of my favorite places in the city and it isn't open on Sundays and Saturdays generally. It's Mm -hmm. open minimally Saturday and so they stay open for Maker Faire. So I think, you know, they open the doors and they let everybody in for free, but it is, it is something interesting that, you know, they've made a partnership with an institution in New York. There's not a whole lot of good science museums around the country. I mean, there's a few. Like in New Jersey, we have Liberty Science Center, which would be an awesome venue, but it's small. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that's the answer. Maybe they just need to downsize it a little bit and make it more affordable to operate. You know, maybe the insurance costs come down and all of a sudden they can do it. I, w- I really do hope something springs up out of it. Now, I'm, I'm encouraged by how many important people in our space are looking at it and going, yeah, we, we, could, we made an offer of some kind, you know. Yeah, We're gonna who see knows, if we can... maybe Adam Savage is going to swoop in and make something happen. Well, I think that Adam Savage was one of the, the people who got the first Maker Faires up and running a little bit and legitimized. I know he's, he's how I first heard it. about yeah. Maker Faire. Yep, him and Mark Fraunfelder and all those people. I mean, that was, that was Maker Faire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I learned, I've, I had a great time at Maker Faire that, you know, in 2017 because that was where I first saw the Glowforge and the... Uh, all the other laser cutters, and I was like, "Yep, I need one of those now." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the bad part of going to Maker Fair. Like you see all these, it's basically like toy porn. You oh, know, yeah. I saw like SLA printers, and I'm like, "Oh, look at this thing! There's no lines on it when you print with it." <laughs> <laughs> or you know, you see a laser cutter, and they're they're putting in pairs of jeans and burning the jeans to brand them with. And I'm like, "That's genius! You could sell those so genius. easily." <laughs> uh, sorry sorry not sorry no, no you know good joke what was um so you're you've been to you know you are noted i believe it's either bob or jimmy always talks about how you guys hustle you've done collabs with everyone you've been to every event I, I'm, I'm amazed at the amount of stuff that not just your video output, because you consistently put videos out, but the amount of collaboration and trips and you know, podcast guesting, thank you, that you guys do. Like, how, how in God's name do you squeeze all this stuff? I mean, I, I, obviously, you must have pretty tight scheduling and a pretty good plan to make this all work, but... You guys, your 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 hustle is just inspiring as all hell. So, it's because what's we can what's work 160 hours a week? 
because there's two of us. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. Just just having two of us and working long hours. Uh, I mean, we kind of went into this knowing that that's what our, our life was going to be for a while. And we knew that it was going to be worth it. Or we had faith that it was going to be worth it. And... Um, yeah, that that's pretty much it. We just we just kind of accepted that like this is all we're gonna do for a while. There's not gonna be very much social life. There's nope. not gonna be very much free time, <laughs> and that still kind of holds true today. We have slowed down a tiny amount on like the collabs, mm-hmm. um, but we started a podcast and a gaming channel. So and you took the buffer weeks, which I think is genius. <laughs> uh, those, yeah, we're, yeah, we're starting those to work are, those in. Yeah, yeah. Those are, uh, have there only been two? I think we've only two done so two, far. Yeah. But, oh my gosh. But they're smart, like. Sometimes a regroup, you know, can refresh everything or give you a fresh set of eyes on something. And that's, that, again, that's part of when you're cranking out content every week, you need to keep things a little bit fresh. You can't just put the same video out every week and go, look what we did this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, and especially, um, you know, during all the, the, and we still travel for a lot of events um, and a collab occasionally, but, um, you know, it's, it's always it's not just the time you're away. There's also time preparing beforehand, like thinking of ideas and coordinating Mm -hmm. with the person you're going to collab with. There's, um, always a ton of stuff to catch up on when you get back. And so during, I think last year was our year of saying yes to literally everything. So we're like, okay, we're going to make as many, you know, trips as we can. We're going to reach out to all the people we're excited to collaborate with and just see what we can do. And if anything looks like it's, it can happen, we're just going to do it and we'll deal with it later. So <laughs> we were, we were pretty exhausted <laughs> for like 2018 was like a blur. Yeah, yeah. You guys work. You guys really just, you blew up in 2018. I mean, that was a good year for you guys. A very good year for you guys. <laughs> when, when it's funny, cause my guests last week, Kim and Garrett, who also are husband and wife duo on YouTube, um, they list you as one of their inspirations because that was something I asked them because I've always kind of just associated you guys together because you're very you're similar. They're mm-hmm. they're uh, they're a couple that has really good on screen chemistry. They do a really good job in their videos. Their videos are you know one week it's one thing, one week it's another. They're not in like a pigeonhole of what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And Smart. you know they said that when you guys hit eighty thousand and, and decided you were going full time that inspired the hell out of them to push, 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 push to try to get to a good number where they could finally just do the same thing you did for the same reason. They want to work together and be around each other because they really actually are married and still like each other, which, (laughs) God, that's a miracle in in and of itself, right? But they list you as an inspiration. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's it's a good thing to want to do as far as being, you want to be around your husband and your wife. Like, wow, that's... That's honorable, and if you could do it as work and get paid for it, it's great. And, but yeah, yeah they, they, I, I they, think, they, oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. they said that no, that 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 was their thing. They really like you guys a lot, and you motivate them. So, you know, do you? How much do you feel like you motivate other people versus teach other people? Hmm. Uh, uh, I think I got a good question in there, huh? <laughs> I, I I think that. And I know that this sounds kind of strange. Like uh, most of what we've done so far has been like looking internally because we know that it's kind of like when you're on an aircraft and you know the masks drop down from the ceiling. You need to kind of put on your own mask before you put on <laughs> masks for the, the people next to you or, or, or anyone who needs it. It's like we knew that we wanted to set up something long term 
for our uh, YouTube channel and everything. So a lot of what we've been doing for the channel so far has been like to make sure that this is something sustainable for us, to make sure that it's something long-term. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, when you're in a relationship, you kind of need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's like we, we do have this relationship with, you know, over 300,000 people on our YouTube channel. And uh, it's like, you know, depending on why they watch, they get different things from our, our videos. Some people watch just for the utility. Some people watch to get inspired. Some people watch just to kind of like hang out with us, you know, or mm -hmm. be entertained. And I think that managing that many expectations and that many demands would, would drive you a little bit crazy if that's what you focused on. Right. So I think that you do kind of, at least for me, I think I need to focus on what will keep us kind of like going sustainably. And along with that, you know, like hopefully people are on, on a, a nice ride with us, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we do definitely what we hope for. And again, like Evan, Evan was saying, we don't, we, we focus more of the energies on making sure that, um, you know, we're liking what we're doing. It's sustainable, but what we hope other people get out of the videos is that, making doesn't have to be taken so seriously. It doesn't have to be so scary and so intimidating. Right. Um, it can be a fun thing. And, and not that people think it's not fun, but I think it's really intimidating if you're someone who's outside the maker community. Um, so that's why we always show when we make a, a mistake. That's why we goof off so much. You know, we just want to show people that it doesn't have to be so serious and it doesn't have to be perfect and it's okay to mess up. And hopefully that motivates people, even if it's not making it, hopefully it motivates them to just try the stuff they're curious about trying and not get discouraged if it doesn't go right the first time. Well, my wife, my wife is a wonderful cook, but she's not a maker. Right. And I always tell her that her creative outlet is the kitchen and that's fine. You can do that whenever. But when I want to get the like the, the civilian opinion on like a maker video, I let her watch it just to get mm. to bounce it off. And we watched your Bob Ross painting video. <laughs> and I, I think of the all the videos of yours that I've watched with her. I think she enjoyed that one the most. I think the both of us, there were so many genuinely funny moments in that video and I know that that video was kind of a, a bone of, of potential contention for you guys where you were a little bit worried about how it was going to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm, it looks like it's doing just fine. And apparently the reaction has been very good to it. So are there any other videos like that that really just surprised the hell out of you where it's like, wow, we just didn't expect that to take off the way it did? Most videos that we're surprised about are when they do poorly. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's because anytime you put out a video, you have high hopes that it's just going to be awesome. You know? Mm -hmm. we, we, we never really make a video thinking, ah, this isn't going to be that good. <laughs> you, yeah, so. you, you do ever have that feeling like, not necessarily that it's not going to be that good, right? I mean, that you'd ha you'd, you wouldn't be able to run a YouTube channel with that mindset. But have you ever put something out and go, I'm really not sure about this one. Like, this could go either way. I mean, it it was kind of like that with the Bob Ross one because, you know, we had done some art-related projects, but they were still Art kind adjacent? Of like, <laughs> yeah, some art-adjacent projects, like with the resina art and the acrylic pores, but they still had 
a little bit more of a makery feel to them. But the Bob Ross was straight up just painting. And a long, 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 long time ago, we had done an art video, and it did terribly. But um, that, that's before we knew how know, to make something I entertaining. I know <laughs> it was it was it was in the early 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 days. Yeah. Um. And so we definitely did have some doubts about that one performing, and it and it did fine. Of course, there's been times where we you know knew something was a little bit of a risk and it was like okay yeah it didn't it didn't <laughs> do people reach do people reach out to you and give you a, like a little pat on the back and say guys this was really good because what one of the cool things that you guys were doing the podcast and spending as much time on patreon as you do and you guys really by the way of all the people i follow on patreon you guys own your Patreon in a way that no one else I follow does. It's oh, the most, you. it's an amazing value add. If you, if, if you see some of what other people put on Patreon, you guys do the after show, which is now evolved into like a whole life of its own. <laughs> and you put up an outline for the after show in the notes. So it's like, okay, do I want to watch this now? Or do I, can I just watch it later? And I know what I'm going to get. And I look forward to certain sections of it. You guys are crushing it on Patreon in a way Thank that li- you. you should give, you know, you did this, um, you did that amazing course on how to start and grow a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. You really need, and I'm, I'm telling you this as a longtime fan of yours, you need to do one of those for Patreon, how to use Patreon effectively. Mm-hmm. You do product teasers, um, project teasers. You do the after show. You, I know you're not doing the mini vlogs as much as you want to, if at all, mm-hmm. but you don't need to do them because you put so much into your Patreon and it's like, if I'm a YouTube subscriber and I'm lured into your Patreon, it's like, I'm getting like a whole new look at Evan and Caitlin. Now you have the Discord server too. It's like, <laughs> now there's the whole community has a place to hang out and it's not in the comments of every video. You guys are just, that's something that you guys have just figured out. And I, it's, it's just as good as it was at the beginning, only better. <laughs> I think one, one thing that we've learned is, and this is kind of something that we kind of remind each other about it's like we are experts at evan and caitlin you know Mm. we are experts at like the evan and caitlin youtube we are experts at at, at the evan and caitlin patreon but each community and each channel has their own like has their own reasons why they're successful you Mm -hmm. know and like you know for example william osmond he is the expert at william osmond's channel (laughs) <laughs> but like what works for us and what works for, for William, there might be a lot of overlap, but there also might be like things that are opposite, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, you know, for every single channel, it's, it, it's hard to give such broad advice. And that's why we try to keep things very broad in our how to start, grow, and monetize um, a YouTube channel. I think we can kind of go dive into deep uh, on like why we do certain things, but it's, it's going to be tough because, you know, everyone needs to craft their own like identity. And that's why we spent so much time at the beginning of like how to figure out what your identity is before you start the YouTube channel. Cause that's, what's going to guide all of your decisions, you know? Right. Um, so we, we probably could give a, a talk about Patreon, but, it, could. You but definitely like should. how we do it. Right. And, and I honestly yeah. think, you know, not necessarily this is going to make you a million dollars or whatever, but this is how we do it. And this is why we do it the way we do it. Because I've also noticed your engagement on Patreon is actually very good. 
You know, you get a lot of useful comments of, from actual mm -hmm. people. And also, I notice you guys, for the most part on social, you do the Brad Rodriguez method of at least trying to respond to everybody. <laughs> We, which is we try. <laughs> you do it i mean obviously you know there comes a point where it's like it's unmanageable and that's fine <laughs> but you do really interact with the people that comment on your videos and that post comments and tweet you and it's 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 amazing to watch I and mean, you i don't again it's the whole i don't know how you have that kind of time to do stuff when when you guys started the podcast i was like oh god how are they going to squeeze a podcast in? Now, you, I think you did the gaming channel and the podcast at roughly the same time, yeah. right? Well, we, yeah. Yeah, we, so, did, we did Twitch and podcast at the same time. And then we added in the YouTube gaming channel. Uh, because we were like, we're, we're recording these, these gaming streams. So yeah, I think we, we added that four months after starting our Twitch. And that was two months ago. So we've been doing our, our gaming channel for two months now. My skepticism about your podcast has been utterly erased, utterly erased. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I, I, I recognize that I come at it, you know, from a place of bias where I'm like, I just like you guys. I like your vibe. I like your, I like your positivity. I like how giggly you are. I just like all of it. Like it just, sometimes things are a slog. And I know that if I come home and I watch an Evan and Caitlin video, I'm going to smile. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to wow, you know, that kind of stuff. And you've managed to take that vibe and bring it over to the podcast, which podcasting is a very different medium. You don't make eye contact. There's no visuals. It's, you know, it's hard to have a conversation and keep people engaged when all they hear is your voice. And you guys just kind of walked right into the space and said, yeah, we're going to do a podcast now. And, you know, it took a couple for you to find your legs. But now it's like it's it's must listen. It's really good. You guys have really brought together a hell of a podcast that managed to keep the Evan and Caitlin brand and vibe together. I, can you talk about the evolution of your podcast at all? Like, where did it, where did the, first of all, w were there any you tried to model it on? We'll start there because that's usually an easy yeah. one because everybody has somebody they look at. And then how did you kind of find your legs with it? It's kind of been a, we, we kind of like, wanted to start a podcast about a year before we did pretty yeah, much a year we spent a lot a much longer time gearing up to start the podcast than we did to start the youtube channel hmm. um, well, well because i mean with, with both you 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 can't change too radically but i think that almost it's even harder to change a podcast oh, because yeah. so many people start with episode one with a podcast and with most YouTube channels, what do you start with? The la latest one, and you know that there's going to be a change going backwards. Mm -hmm. um, but with a podcast, it's just different. The first one is always the one that sets the tone and sets the stage for the rest of for the rest of the podcast. I mean, that, so you have to come it. out of the gate firing on all cylinders, basically. Or at least I'm not even sure if it's firing on all cylinders. It doesn't have to be like amazing, but I feel like there's you kind of have to know. Like, what the format is. <laughs> yeah, we, what the format or vibe is a little bit. It, or at least that's how we went about it. But there's definitely a handful that inspired it. Um, originally, we were like, oh, we're going to do something super produced. It's going to be very like oh NPR-esque. I'm that was so abandoned. glad we didn't do that. That was That's, abandoned quickly. Yeah, <laughs> well, that we, we, we had that as the option for a long time. We were going to like well, record things throughout our day or like, you know, while we were out and about with like a mobile recorder and yeah, like right. stitch those into our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was right. like little like, and then this <laughs> could, happened and then this could thing, work. Bingo. Um, mm. But like the logistics of that. Uh, 
Yeah. Getting and, good audio out of that would be miserable. Plus, you'll oh, yeah. when you edit that together, it's going to sound like 50 different clips from 50 different sources at 50 different times. It's not going to sound cohesive. Oh, yeah. And that makes it, you know, if you listen on headphones, it's really hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and I, wow. I think- some some specific ones that we are inspired by. There's um, one called Young House Love has a podcast, and so Young House Love is a blog, um, and it's one that I've been following since oh gosh, like 2010. Um, and uh, they they kind of they still have the blog, but they've been doing the podcast for a couple years now. And it's a husband and wife, and they like are DIYers, and they you know are fixing up rental properties and doing projects and this and that. And um, we just really liked their vibe. Like I mean, I've always liked them as people, but they had a couple recurring segments, and they just kind of. I don't know, they had a good mixture of it felt very casual, but they did have a little bit of structure because it seems like, you know, with the NPR style podcast, there's, a, you know, a very set topic and story and it is what it is. And then there's mm-hmm. like kind of the more casual ones, like making it, for example, where like maybe there's kind of a topic and maybe there's kind of not. And it felt like this Young House Love one had kind of a good mixture where it, it was still casual and not, but but still had a little bit of a topic. Um and then another big one that inspired us was actually the Jenna Julian podcast. Um, <laughs> and you're, you're laughing, so I'm assuming you might know who they are. I definitely know who they okay. are. And okay. I, I started checking them out again, um, mainly the YouTube channel because of you, because you talk about them <laughs> on your podcast. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's got to be something to it. And I watched her make the jean, um, the, oh, the denim jean, the jean seats. Yes. It was got to be one of the funniest damn videos I've ever seen in my oh. life. I've laughed so hard at that. She just kept looking at it like, why would you put staples here? That's going to hurt. Yes. You know? <laughs> well, like, you, oh know, you know what I love about that video? She, I mean, she knows the identity of her videos so well. Like, I I got, like, I, I lost track of what video she was making. And I'm like, oh, if she just used this staple or if she just, like, stitched it. <laughs> or, you know, like, of course she can make it. She knows she, knows that. she can make it. But <laughs> right. she wants to do it according to the video. And she wants to test like the craft that they showed, you know, mm-hmm. as they showed it with the staple, like stapler they, they used. And she knows that identity so well, and she knows how to make her videos in, in such a good way. So, you know, it's, it's not about the crafting. It's about the making of the video and telling the story. Yeah. And she keeps that in mind so well. Yeah. There was something genius about her stru- intentionally struggling with those jeans to make them into a sitting... Not, not even a seat. It was just like this weird thing. <laughs> but like, but and, you can tell that she really tried. She did try. She put in 100% effort, no doubt about it. And she looked genuinely upset when it didn't work, too, which was really funny. She, I know she knew it wasn't going to work. Like, there's no way in hell, but she was damn sure going to try to make it work. Yeah. That video is truly one of the greatest videos that has ever been put on the internet, and I will put it up against anything ridiculous because <laughs> it, it made me laugh so hard. I was like, wow, yes. I really, I get it. I, I totally get what she's doing, and it's genius. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, we we love Jenna, and like their, their podcast was really inspiring because, you know, it's them together, and um, one of the biggest things we got from them is the games. Mm-hmm. Um. So That's, I wanted became, to talk about that. Games became a big part of our podcast, too, because we, we would have so much fun listening to their podcast and kind of playing along with them. And, you know, a lot of, you know, some of our games are things we've found, like ideas on the Internet or stuff we came up with, but a lot of them are games that they've played, too. 
Um, and so they're just a huge inspiration. Almost every time I listen to your podcast, I'm in the car. And my favorite, when I hear the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
down, you know, look that in the eye and say, I, we don't want to do that. I, I can't even comprehend. Like if somebody offered me a radio show, I'd, I don't know, I'd probably be willing to take it at this point. <laughs> but you guys looked at it and said, no, this is the right fit for us. And that takes a real pair. And how do you, f- I know you probably feel like you did, you made the right decision, but is there a situation where they could present it differently, where you would do a TV type thing? Or is that, or is that just not something you're interested in anymore and that's it? Well, I think that TV is so expensive. It's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And in order for the people to put the types of money you need to make a TV show in, they, they need to know that it's a, a winner. You know, I mean, they can, mm-hmm there at least has to be a very high likelihood of it winning. And I think that like Adam Savage, um, uh, he has a show called Savage Builds. Yes, starting this week. Coming mm-hmm. out. And I feel like he has a very strong hand in that. I sense his hand very strong in that. He chose who he was collaborating with, his friends, people he knew, people he had a good rapport with, all of that. I, I can just tell from all sorts of, for all sorts of reasons that he had super strong creative control. And do you know why he could? Because people trusted him. Because he was like, he, he had the respect in the industry, he had the track record, and, um, and, and lots of other reasons like that. Plus he just had all the connections and everything. But mm-hmm. like, I think that the hard thing for us, even though we have a you know, growing YouTube channel, that doesn't mean that we necessarily know how to translate the content we make on our YouTube channel onto a TV screen um, because it's different expectations, different circumstances, and it's just a different format. So I think that, um, you know, in order for us to get enough creative control to make a show that we really want, uh, I'm just not sure. I don't know if we would be given that control. I'm not sure if we would be given it. I mean, it's like handing, like, like, like the television people would like, probably equate it to like giving a McLaren F1 to a 12 year old, you know, it's like, like, (laughs) we we shouldn't do this. That's not a good idea, (laughs) you know, but I don't know. I think, I think in the beginning, like right after, um, maybe not even right. I guess right after that, that offer came in and we've had a handful of, um, uh, like interviews for TV shows that we would say yes to the interview just to kind of see what they wanted the show to be about. Um, but but after that one, getting so far, we did kind of brainstorm what the the perfect TV show would be. And it was basically like, can they just film us doing basically what we are already doing? Mm. That'd be great. In which case, in which case why bother? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Just like- but, but I think like, especially the more people we've talked to who have had negative experiences on TV. I I feel like at this point, I don't, I don't really know what it would take to make me want to do TV. Um, We're not going to say that it's impossible. We're not going to say it's impossible, but like, I, I don't really know like uh, what it would take. I mean, like (laughs) if, if someone came up to us and said, Hey, do you want to co-host Savage builds with Adam Savage? Where you're just going to (laughs) build crazy things with your friends and make Iron Man suits and demolition derby cars <laughs> and, you know, just, just have fun, then, then you know, that, that's an easier, that's a pretty easy yes, you know? Right, right. Um, there are a whole bunch of definite no's. I'm not sure what that gray zone is. Um, you know, there, so there are potentials, there are gray zones, but, like, at the same time, the, the big thing that we kind of concluded in our, our podcast about the, 
um, TV show, and that still holds true now. Like the guiding principle behind you know our decision going forward is the end goal for us is to have a sustainable YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I don't think the end goal has ever, well, it, it never has been to have a TV show and to have yeah. a sustainable TV show. Right. Like uh, like a, a YouTube channel is something that you own, that you're in control of, that you can shift and change and, you know, you can screw it up or you can, you know, boost it up to success. Um, but it's it's yours to to have control over. Have control over. And that's, that's been the end. That's been the goal of ours from the beginning. And even if we did a TV show, it would, would go back to YouTube afterwards. So it's like, why put our time and effort into something that isn't going to have that long-term value for us? And, right. and you know, it's like, it might it could hurt us. It, huh? it could end up hurting your brand yeah, overall. Totally. Yeah. Well, like the, the um, you know, one we talked about where... I would have been an, a gardening expert and Evan would have been an outdoor expert. No. That's not who we are. And if who we're being portrayed as on TV is different than who we are portraying ourselves on as on our channel, if, if those don't line up, then that is bad for us, especially because right. our channel, a lot of it is, you know, our personalities are very strong and present in the channel. And if it doesn't line up, that it makes us seem not genuine. Yeah. Which would basically torpedo the yeah. channel yeah. Like yeah. that yeah it's funny because i did, i hadn't thought about stuff like that when you mentioned it on the podcast and you talked about um just the logistics of even doing a tv show you know going to another city you know like mm-hmm. jimmy when he goes out and does making it he goes to california for two months mm-hmm. and you know you would just have to drop everything which probably means dropping your youtube channel for two months mm-hmm. and again what are you going to come back to if you do that probably not much it's it's hard yeah. to stay in the algo as it is. Yeah. You stop making content for two months, you, you're pretty much dead. And yeah, you could have probably vlogged or done this, that, and the other, but that's not what people... That I might mean, have hurt more than help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's not what people go to your channel for. It's mm-hmm. bonus content, if yeah. anything. You know, like an E&K Tuesday type content. Yeah, but, but like if that's all we were doing, and like yeah, we're still trying to us. figure out like... You know, the Tuesday, the second channel. I mean, we have four channels now, and we're, we're kind of continuing to figure them out. I mean, we're still figuring out our podcast to a large degree. I mean, I think we, we found a formula. We stuck with it for a while. And, you know, in our last few, well, like, in the one that came out most recently and the one coming up, we're, we're continuing to continue to tweak it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you were very I, topical in the last one about the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> which... Which yeah. I really enjoyed, which was kind of interesting. Wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> um, and, but, like, you know, we're, we're still figuring out a, a lot of it. I, th- I feel like Evan and Caitlin, we have pretty much figured out. I feel like the gaming we have figured out. We're still figuring out two and the podcast. The podcast, you know, for people that are still figuring it out, um, I'm enjoying the ride. I'm, I really am. I'm, I, I did, like I said, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I am, but... It's just like a nice dose. It's a one-hour conversation. It's a it's a fun hang, which Thanks. is kind of what I want to do with this podcast. Where it's like I don't I don't want to bring people in and just have a list of questions and answers. Like my guest that I recorded with last night told me that he likes a casual conversation like this as opposed to someone that sends him a list of questions beforehand mm-hmm. oh. and then gets them on and just rattles them off. And he said, you know, that's fine. That's a format, but that's not like who wants to listen to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty much nobody. Plus you know. I feel like when, when you're just writing down a list, a list of questions, chances are a lot of those questions are going to be questions that 
everybody's asked a bunch of times, mm-hmm. you know? This gives a chance that what I like about doing it this way and people get scared. I know people are getting a little scared. I was like, you don't prepare. No, I don't. If I'm having you on, I know your content. I know your work. I know everything that you do. And I'm going to talk to you about that because I want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to hear what I have to say. Nobody wants to hear. Who cares what I have to say? When you have a guest on, the guest is front and central. And I've noticed that a lot of these podcasts that have guests on regularly they kind of have a formula that they go with. You know, it's like, oh, well, how did you get your start? And okay, cool. That's a good question. And then it's like, what's your favorite project? Okay. All right. Yeah, we, we knew that one was coming, you know. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it's like that list of questions, I could have made that list of questions. But I yeah. enjoy, I, I wanted to, this to be more of almost like behind the music for maker, for maker content makers and creatives. And I really do feel like you guys fit that vibe really, really well because you're not pigeonholed into a certain type of content. Even your your projects are, you know, you do some home reno, you do the bucket stools, which were awesome, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, have the you, geodes. Have you, have you ever um, watched uh, the hot ones? Is that the one with the? Um, that's the one with the. The hot the, sauce. The last. The hot app. sauce, right? Yeah. Oh man, some of the questions that that they ask the guests that they have on are just like so shocking to the guests because they're like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're such hidden knowledge. They're such hidden nuggets. And the, the guests are like, how do you know my roommate did, you know, like the story, <laughs> like how, how did you like, like, like the, 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 the digging or like the, the research that the, the research department must do on their guests and like the thought they put into the conversations that they craft that that's a, that's an inspirational, um, uh, you know, deep dive if you want to like get inspired by podcast questions and because i mean you know hot ones could be pretty much a podcast right yeah. it I mean, definitely could you're, you're 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 not really watching except you you like look every now and then to watch their expressions when they bite into like the really really hot ones yeah. but it's, it's really just a conversation yeah those are those kind of youtube channels i it's funny because i love content where i can sit there and just watch and absorb but I also like, I hate to say it because it's really, it's insulting to creators, but I like background noise channels too, <laughs> where something, I could just kind of throw it on and it's on in the background while I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh wait, that sounded interesting. Back, back, back. Oh, cool. Okay, good. Back to what I was doing now. Like, like Philip you know. DeFranco or something? Yeah, something like, yeah, that style of channel where it's, you know, I don't need to be looking at the screen to know what's going on. And mm-hmm. like I said, if something's interesting, I flip back and I watch it. But I, I feel like there's not enough of that kind of content. Everybody feels like they're producing a high-end TV show, which, you know, cool. But I really, I, people should put their podcasts on YouTube. I'm saying this as someone who doesn't have his podcast on YouTube. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with me? I just realized I'm not doing something. Well, I, I think that, that the, the crazy thing about YouTube is there's, oh my gosh, there's how many bajillion hours of content per second yeah. are uploaded? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a ridiculous amount. And there's so much high quality content out there. And I'm just continually amazed by like, the production level. <laughs> well, but, but also it's like, like the, the fact that like people don't know other channels are out there. Like uh, even within gaming, you know, it's like, we're just getting into it, but I was hanging out with someone who, has a gaming channel and I recommended like, Oh, do you know this person? And, and they didn't, and they were a huge channel. And I thought that everyone in gaming might know that channel, but yeah, they, they didn't. And it was the equivalent of someone being like, 
oh, you know, have you heard of Bob's channel? In yeah, the makeup right. community, they didn't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, but Except I, I, it's, the gaming community is, like, much bigger than the makeup community. It is community, much bigger, true. Still. Hey, true have you ever heard of this guy? What's his name? Ninja? Have you ever heard of him? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that big of a name. Yeah. <laughs> still, like, several million subscribers. Yeah, several right. million subscribers. And, and it's just interesting that, like, there's so much of that content out there. And you just that you can have millions of subscribers and like not everybody knows about you. Yeah, not everyone knows about you. Even you're, in you're your un- within your own community. Yeah, you could be a famous unknown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, completely. There's, there's completely it's like a, a possibility now. Yeah, it's. I look at you know I look at when I see one of our you know one of our people make it to TV. It's like oh, they made it to TV. Oh my god, other people are going to know about them. And it's like <laughs> I mean, you see, you talk. Did you see that episode with that guy who was on TV? I'm no, I watch his YouTube channel. They're like, no. that is you you know like alex Steele has the show forged in steel Mm -hmm. or forged steel in the uk and i'm like why isn't that on in the u.s i know so many people that would love that show you know uh, yeah it's it's really funny how we are so into our niche that it's really funny when somebody says yeah i don't know who that is like i wore um i wore my jimmy duresta i have the jimmy duresta mash shirt and it's like one of my between Jimmy's shirts, Bob's shirts, and your shirts, I think it's probably all I wear to work every day. <laughs> and I wear, you know, I was wearing the Duresta shirt, and one of the guys at work goes, you like Jimmy Duresta too? I'm like, dude, you actually know who Jimmy Duresta is? He goes, oh, I watched all his videos. He did, the first video I watched, he did that Brock Lesnar, he did Brock Lesnar's sword, and he made it real, and it was amazing. I was like, oh, wow. He's like, yeah, man, you, I, I didn't know you were into that kind of stuff, and, you know, now we have something to talk about. That's yeah, so cool. So. Yeah, it's it's like you you find all these kindred spirits in the craziest ways. <laughs> one one super strange thing that's kind of kind of similar is um, after we did our our collab with Alex Steele, I had someone from who like used to work in my office back when I was working full time who sent me a, me a message on Facebook and he was like, I was watching Alex Steele as I always do and I saw your face. What the heck? Because he didn't even know that we had started a channel. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, How, that's crazy. So I, the number one patron on your channel is Caitlin's mom. Yes. And I have two, I have two questions. One, how does your family feel about what you do? And number two, what's the story of Caitlin's mom being, is she an actual patron or is it just she's the most supportive human being ever? <laughs> she's an actual patron and she is our no way. patron. No yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. I won yeah. that bet. <laughs> and I won, I don't know how my dad feels about that because I still have my mom signed up with her email account. So I was like, well, it's mom's account. It's not dad's account. I think wow. your parents share one and it's yeah. Evan's parents, but yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think they're like a five or a ten dollar. <laughs> wow. Mom is, uh, my mom's a oh, I, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed. So the wavy bench was the first video that my name showed up on, <laughs> and I am, I have thoroughly enjoyed over the last year and a half watching my name crawl up the list a little bit at a time. And I'm, like, <laughs> I, I'm like, yes, it's just like Sharon and was I think Corey Ward's above me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Caitlin's mom and. Something the bees. What's the bees channel? Oh, Brandon's bees. He Brandon's recently bees. had to. Yeah, he recently pulled out. So you're you're ahead of Brandon now. <laughs> I'm moving up. I am moving up. Um, one day I'm going to be right there under Caitlin's mom, and <laughs> yeah. that will be the greatest thing ever. No, I always tell people, you know, I promised I wasn't going to do a kiss ass on this episode, but I have to because you guys really do mean that much to me. I always said that no matter what happens, the last channel that will come off Patreon is going to be Evan and Caitlin. Because uh-huh. I feel like I would truly miss what you guys offer 
not just on your channel, but on Patreon, if it went away. Thank you. And I can't bring myself to not be a part of that. Like, I really do love what you do. I love your channel. I love how you've grown your brand to be more than just maker content. And I love the podcast. And I think you guys are doing incredible work. And you really are inspirational to people like me who maybe had an online presence doing something else. But this is my online presence now. And I'm trying to grow this from zero. And you, you guys taking the time... I, I'm getting a little bit choked up because it just means that much to me. But you guys coming on to talk to me for like an hour and 20 minutes is just fabulous for me. And it means more to me than you guys even understand. And I really, really appreciate it. And I'm sure that people who hear this are going to appreciate it because, you know, if you're an Evan and Caitlin fan, you're an Evan and Caitlin fan. And, you know, you're going to want more Evan and Caitlin content. So, yeah, I really do appreciate this. And it was really amazing talking to you guys. It's just like... I was completely starstruck. When you said yes, I practically tap danced around the house. So it was like, I showed my wife, I said, I said, you're not going to, I was literally, I was hyperventilating. I walked into her office and said, you're not going to believe who said yes. She goes, who'd you get? And I showed her the screen. She goes, oh, wow. She goes, <laughs> then she goes, she goes, you okay? <laughs> so... But uh, yeah, that, okay, that's my kiss butt segment. I gotta, I, maybe when I started doing this, I would get a little starstruck with the people I talk to and I kiss a little bit too much butt. So I don't want to kiss too much butt, but I really did want to convey to you how much this meant to me, how important your channel is to me and how much I enjoy the stuff you do and how much I really do hope it just keeps coming because I really, really do dig it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. It, <laughs> it, it really does mean a lot for, for us to hear that. You know, um, like Evan said, a lot of times we're, we're just in our own heads working away and it's it's totally different talking to someone i'm going to say in person this is basically in person this is basically, basically in person, person. It, it's, it's 2019 this is in person this is, yeah this is in person like it it you know you you read comments and it kind of sinks in but getting to to talk to somebody um really does make a huge difference and it's like a always such a big motivator for us to like keep going and keep trying new things and keep pushing and so we really appreciate it too. And, and I really do love our community that we've built kind of around ourselves in a way because it's a really positive space it's everyone's very encouraging of each other and it's so cool to see like our, our patrons and our, our viewers and stuff kind of connecting over um, you know whatever they're passionate about and it's, it's really cool to see. Yeah you guys have you guys have fostered one hell of a nice positive community and a lot of times when you know you talk about positive communities there's always that oh, I don't I don't want to say phoniness but there is almost an air of phoniness to it when everything is just positive all the time mm -hmm. but there is there just you just have nice people like that gravitated toward you and it's probably because you guys are nice people and you always, you have this positive image. And I'm going to tell you, you know, all right, I, I wasn't going to say this, but I think I should say it because I think it matters. There's nothing controversial in your videos. There's nothing that isolates one group of your listeners or viewers. There's nothing where you watch it and you go, I don't feel welcome here anymore. And that's a remarkable thing to accomplish because it's so easy to just get in your own little rabbit hole and cater to a certain group of your viewers. And you guys, I, I don't know how you've done it. I guess you just, did you make a conscious effort for that to be that way? Or was that just how it kind of came out? Did you just wanted to just 
throw away all the garbage that gets things you know, makes people hate each other and just make fun stuff on the internet. I, well, you know, you know I, I don't know if there's someone out there that is, finds strong offense and potty humor, but you know, we <laughs> might have... <laughs> I, I highly doubt it on, the, on YouTube. <laughs> A few fart jokes. A few fart jokes here and there. I think that, um, like, uh, Jerry Seinfeld had kind of uh, an interesting thing to say about kind of comedy. You don't need to use vulgarity. You don't need to go to, like, the shocking content in order to make people laugh you know it's like if you're relying on that not that it's bad to use it but if you're relying on it to if it becomes a crutch if it becomes a crutch uh, yeah. then then uh, i don't know and i and, and we kind of think that about our contents too we want it to be just genuine good content and not have any crutches yeah. it's just so fun i mean the word fun whenever i talk to anyone about you guys fun just comes up like you radiate having a good time doing what you're doing and I think that's probably one of the main reasons for the amount of success that you've had so far is that it comes across like it really comes across. And when you hear someone like I think it was David Picciuto said that, oh, yeah, when you meet Evan and Caitlin in real life, they're just like that. Like, <laughs> wow. You know, like, OK, this isn't Evan and Caitlin on YouTube. This is just Evan and Caitlin. And Kim and Garrett said the same thing. It's like if you were to turn the camera, if you were to turn the camera off, you know, or turn it on at any random point in their house what you would see is what is what their videos look like that's them that's just and that genuineness really does come across really well and you guys have crushed it because of it i think i think that's your main your main draw is that you are just likable people and you put out great content <laughs> that's it what all right there we go we can we, there you go you could have made your whole thing about how to make a youtube channel two minutes long be likable <laughs> have good content Period. Yeah. Done. But, but, like, but I think that that's again that's that's what has worked for us, and there is mm -hmm. no like, and 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 part of the reason why that works is because that is sustainable for us, and I think it is. That, yeah, it's sustainable like, to be who you are. It's not sustainable right. to yeah. try to be someone else because you think that's going to do well. Yeah, and I think that like another part of potentially what m has made our community a nice place is because I think that we do kind of annoy people who who <laughs> don't maybe have the most positive outlook. So oh, I know. It's like, we, we, we're, we're like, like repellent to them, <laughs> you know? Well, people see a smile and a thumbnail and it's like, oh, you know, it's like it's not edgy enough, you know? You're, yeah, you're they not, can just not click. They can it's just cool. not right. click. That's totally exactly. fine. <laughs> Perfect. And that's exactly what you want. You want to filter those people out. Let them self-filter. This yeah. way you don't even have to delete their crappy comments or their, <laughs> their terrible responses to your video or people telling you to delete your channel, delete your life, like that. Who needs that crap? By uh, the way, <laughs> can I just say, just to cap off this whole episode... Making a butternut squash a boss was <laughs> quite possibly the greatest achievement ever. Because <laughs> every time I see a butternut squash now, I think of a boss battle. Yeah. I feel like we're going to have to bring it back. Oh, at we, some we point. are. We you, are. You we're have gonna, to. We're going to make weapons. You know, it's like we have more weapons to test. We have. We need to bring back the propane cannon. We need to bring back the jingle blaster. We need to make you know modular weapons. <laughs> I really want to make modular weapons. Yeah. Modular weapons, that oh, would yeah, be neat. I'm, I'm loving the idea of like when you guys asked the other day, like what should we do next? I was like, oh, ballistics gel. Like it almost oh, like yeah. it just blew out of my mouth. Like, oh, you have to do ballistics gel now. It's like it's, it's a given. 
Oh, it's on the list. Like we, <laughs> we have to become full MythBusters at some point. Right, We're not going to get excuse, there without MythBusters. Any Joel. excuse to like tend towards MythBuster territory? I am <laughs> more science for that. adjacent. I mean, I, I was like, there's a moment where I had the slow mo camera, um, and then the ruler, and then I was firing the projectile over it for the propane mm-hmm. cannon. Oh no, like, it was for the um, super soaker. Oh, for the super soaker, and I'm like, yes, I am living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm measuring velocity at high speed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. You you get to feel like you get to feel like a MythBuster for a little while. Yep. Yeah, Th- for a little bit. That's great. Just need to get uh, even more slow motion camera. Yeah. Well, you know, keep going, keep going, keep going. Uh, all right, I think we're going to um, I think we're going to end it there. Is there any place? I mean, we have. I'll put all your links in the show notes. So we have Evan and Caitlin, Evan and Caitlin Two, Evan and Caitlin Podcast, and Evan and Caitlin Gaming yep. on YouTube. <laughs> is there any place? Is there any place else you'd like to direct eyeballs? No, I think I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll, cool. I, that's enough for people to keep track of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's four channels. Four channels can get a little tricky, but it's it's worthwhile content. It is. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we we are everywhere, everywhere except Snapchat. Yeah. Because that just but whatever kills your platform my phone. of choice is, we're <laughs> we're there. Snapchat's kind of like the red light district of phones now. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really, I, I, you know, I checked in when they did the whole, the filter that changed you from a boy to a girl. Oh, that oh, was yeah. hilarious. It was fun. And I was like, okay, that's good. Uh, delete. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got my selfie. I'm good. Yeah. Good. I make a terrible woman. <laughs> What's funny is we did it and we sort of look like each other. Oh, it was weird. It was weird. You, well, I didn't uh, really but, look like you, but you really looked like me. Yeah. See, the, the funny thing is like I have, I keep a slight beard and it really doesn't like beards. Like you look like a cute girl, like a, mine looked like a Japanese otaku and I had this freaking crazy beard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, your filter doesn't, your filter thinks that's an actual shadow, not a five o'clock shadow. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys. Um, I hope maybe one day down the line I can have you on again um, if that's something you'd be interested in. Totally. And thank you so much for giving me so much of your time tonight. I really appreciate it. Thanks right. for having us. This was super fun. Thank you. Um, guys, if you want to check out the podcast, let's assume this episode was shared to you and you aren't already subscribed. You can find the podcast at becausewemake.com. On there, you can actually leave us on each episode. There's a link to leave us a voice message. And if you decided you wanted to be generous, no pressure, you can subscribe through Anchor and leave a couple of bucks every month. Personally, I'd much rather you just shared the show, but people asked about it, so it's there. So if supporting the show, reviewing the show, anything you can do to spread the word, I really appreciate it. Evan and Caitlin, thanks again. And we will see you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. (laughs) 